0: This is the Evergreen Empire. Green grow the forests and fair flow the streams. The gentle deer grazes, the wild blossom gleams. From ocean wave raging to mountain serene,
1: all nature's proclaiming our land's evergreen. Welcome to Columbia Conversations. I'm Felix Bennell, editor of Columbia Magazine for the Washington State Historical Society. On this episode, we meet Judy Bentley, author of several books about getting outdoors and hiking through Washington history. She also wrote the cover story for the summer 2018 edition of Columbia Magazine about the Yakima Cowlitz Trail. I think I'm catching you before you're headed off on a hike or something, right? Well,
0: this was a bike trip, but...
1: <laughs> okay. What I what I love about your work, the books you've written and the, what you've done for Columbia... You're not just telling stories about, you know, something that happened and there's this monument and you know it's on this map. All the stuff you do seems to involve some sort of active engagement with what's out there to to see what remains of what either human history or natural history. And I, how, how did you how did you sort of find this niche, I guess?
0: Well, I like to hike, um and but I'm always curious as to who's been here before. Um and so and I like the combination of doing the archival history research and then really getting out in the field and and seeing it um, for real. So that's that's why I like to combine those those
1: two. It's a great combination because I think there's there's a tendency sometimes you know either in the winter time or if the weather's not great to just. Sit down with a book, or you know, log on, get online, and start looking at historic photos, or old you know videos, or reading or whatever. And sort of history becomes this very sedentary activity. I like the I like I really like the active approach that you've created with with your work, and, and the story you've written for this ish, this issue of Columbia Magazine. It seems like it's you know it's uh, there's so many different layers, and it's so I don't know if convoluted is the word, but it's it's a uh, it's a fascinating part of the state that has so many. Uh, stories that intersect there. How did you stumble across the Yakima Cowlitz Trail?
0: It came actually from research on the Ciscus Pass Trail, um, which I was doing for like, in Washington's History, and I started talking to particularly a uh, Forest Service anthropologist, Rick McClure, who has done a lot of, over his years uh, and career in the Forest Service, has done a, a lot of exploration. I think the history is so Um, kind of close to the surface in Washington, too, uh, especially in the mountain passes where you're not getting uh, a lot of um, development and human traffic uh, now so that you could still find it. And that's um, he introduced me to it. I did the archival research. I was sitting in the Seattle Public Library reading about this trail um, from an article by David Rice in the 1960s. and then went out and uh, talked to folks at White Pass Country Museum and Forest Service people, um, and did some exploring on foot with uh, Rick McClure and others. Um, and uh, they they steered me towards the, uh, the four miles that uh, is still a, a trail that is maintained and bikeable hikeable. So that's um, and I should also add, um, I encountered Ray Payollella who has. Uh, developed the concept of the William O. Douglas Heritage Trail, following Douglas's rambles from Yakima um, as a youth into the mountains, and he too had uh, traced Douglas to Kala's Pass. So it's it's a past very few people have heard of. It's not a it's not as spectacular in appearance as some other passes, but um, it certainly has the layers of history there.
1: Yeah, for those who aren't familiar with it, can you give us some uh, modern-day landmarks or modern-day highways that might put this into, into context for where this is in the state of Washington?
0: It's, it's Highway Twelve uh, that goes through the big bottom of the uh, along the Kettle's River. Um, so you uh, coming through Randall and then Packwood, and um, the highway goes over White Pass, which is just south of Kettle's Pass, uh, and then on towards um, uh, towards Yakima. So it's it's um, near. Just south of Mount Rainier, um, the two campgrounds, Pakash and Lewisless, uh come from ancient um, human uh, camps uh, too, sites too, so it, it's right in that area, those campgrounds.
1: And I love some of the photographs that you shared that are in the Columbia piece where there's, I don't know, this is some sort of a human thing, this notion, and you mentioned this a little bit when we were talking earlier about you know, who has been here before and why they were here before. There's something about a, seeing a disused, whether it's a fire road or a trail that's now starting to be grown over from, you know, because there's less use of it now than there was, say, I don't know, 100 years ago or thousand years ago. Do you, have, have you philosophized about this or ruminated on this, or why is it why is that so attractive when you see some forgotten route that's like ugh, that's just like well, you don't you can't necessarily peel away and figure out what the whole story is. Why is that so appealing?
0: Oh, I think people just like to follow paths and roads through the through the woods. Um, but just the idea—we're it, 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 so recent to um, to this country, and um, I am somewhat recent to this area. And the idea that people have, have been walking the same paths for thousands of years is just um, fascinating. And that uh, you don't, we don't think beyond our own generations at times. So. Um, this, this kind of sense that well yes this is this is the way I would have walked you know if I were trying to get up to a mountain pass I'd follow the follow the water um and i'd um you know I'd look for the path of least resistance and so uh, that has a, a strong resonance
1: and in terms of the native presence that's still in that area um, what's what's that like nowadays less uh, less use of the
0: high country um than before um, it's and of course, the, the um settlement and the numbers of people is much sparser, um much less dense than it was before. I think there is i, I can't speak with authority on that um the Kallitz tribe is very interested in this trail um and in tracing. Uh, the heritage of of this trail too um and the Yakima are very aware of the old trail from the east side um, and and interested in that too um The people I see on the trail are more hunters and hikers um than people going up to fish in the lakes. They're still uh have a use by everyone of uh, the natural resources of the area, particularly hunting and fishing.
1: Yeah, and I read I, about a year or so ago. I think I read is it is it of mountains and men or of men and mountains? I always get that mixed oh,
0: up. Oh, <laughs> right, uh, men and mountains. I believe I'll have to look on the shelf here.
1: <laughs> and, and, and I prior to that, I think I picked up an old paperback of that book it's several years ago, and had just been sort of bouncing around. I finally picked it up and read it last year, and it was really interesting uh, to me. What a character uh, William O. Douglas was. I really had right. never really appreciated him that much, and you know his. It seems like he came to Yakima with his family when he was a young child and then, you know, reading that book about his uh the various ailments he had, whether it was rickets or uh was it asthma or something, but he sort of used the mountains to really rehabilitate himself and overcome all these challenges. Um, what is that you, know, you mentioned the the effort to create a William O. Douglas Heritage Trail or something in that area?
0: Yes. Um a, gr- a group of people, um led by Ray and Susan Hailella have been uh, establishing the route using his writings, uh, Douglass' writings, establishing the route that he took into the mountains. And they have a website uh, which traces the trail uh, up through Calix Pass, um, which is where he spent a uh, summer um, and met a sheepherder and read um, to him about the outbreak of World War I, brought a newspaper up, up the trail. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, they um, they would like, this to become a designated historic trail eventually, but they are working uh, right now. The efforts are in tracking. uh, In fact, uh, Ray and Rick were just out a couple weeks ago looking for some of the unmaintained trail uh, on the west side, but uh, uh, Ray and Susan have done it from the east side also. uh, They have found what they think is the much bolder trails than
1: the present trails that go up there now. And Justice Douglas appears twice in this issue of Columbia. He, you know, he's in your story. And uh-huh. also our, our Maps and Legends feature is about a beach hike that he led back in 1958 um, to try and save a stretch of the northern part of the Olympic Peninsula, which was successful. There was a talk of building a highway up there, and he led a, a hike to call attention to that. Um, it's funny, in the last issue we had, our cover story was about a trip that a group from Tacoma took Across country to a high school group to sing in a choir competition. And Paul Robeson appeared in that story. And then Paul Robeson was also in another story about the Peace Arch in that magazine. So for some reason, here we are two issues in a row now where I've been the editor, where we have a a famous figure that appears twice in the magazine. (laughs) Yeah, sort of like, huh, what's that? Either that's bad editing or really brilliant editing on my part. I haven't decided which yet. But um, Douglas, it just seems to be popping up more and more. I guess sometimes the more I read about somebody, then the more you start to notice them in in other in other contexts, context. which is right. great. Yeah. Right. Now, do you have what's the next project that you're working on for your combination of of historical research and and hiking and biking?
0: Well, I'm revising. I'm going to do a second edition of uh, hiking Washington's history. So I'm looking for new trails uh, there, uh, new historic trails, and um, and updating some access to uh, to some of the trails that that may have changed. So that's my main.
1: Now, <laughs> now it's, it's it's summertime right now, but I imagine because of our climate here in Washington, a lot of the hikes that you write about and hikes in general here are generally pretty accessible almost year-round?
0: Well, everything except for the mountain passes, which okay. certainly aren't. So I, I do uh, a lot of concentrated hiking in July and August. Um, and But yes, the lowland hikes are, are accessible year-round. Um, But the older ones, you you, uh, still wouldn't want to go up to Cowlitz Pass at this time of year. And you especially don't want to go up uh, when the snow is melting uh, around the lakes, uh, because there's a place called Mosquito Heaven up there, and the mosquitoes are really awful. So so you really have to wait. There's only a a couple of months window for some of these, for for some of the hikes.
1: And do you have a website where people can get more information about your books and the hikes that you've mapped out?
0: Yes, uh, it's uh, judybentley.com.
1: Thanks for taking time to talk with us today and enjoy your bike ride. You're
0: welcome. Thanks,
1: Judy. Thank you to Judy Bentley for being my guest on this episode of Columbia Conversations. Judy's article about the Yakima Cowlitz Trail is the cover story of the summer 2018 issue of Columbia Magazine. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Columbia Conversations from the Washington State Historical Society. For more information or to subscribe to Columbia Magazine please visit WashingtonHistory.org. I'm Felix Bunnell.